For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome in the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for finding us on your favorite podcast app, whether that's iTunes or whether it's Podbean, Spotify, or any of the others. And also on Dash Radio, the Nothing But Net channel, every day, 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. So just download Dash Radio for free. Also check out onsideradio.com. That's my new radio show that covers more than just the Miami Heat, although we do a ton of heat there as well. Just go to onsideradio.com at 10 a.m. You can also find... That potted up everywhere that you find the five on the floor podcast, five reasonsports.com spell it out. F I V E reasonsports.com. Our guy, Brady Hawk pumping out those stories on the heat, but we also got David Fernandez and others on the dolphins and the Marlins and all the other teams in town. Also the great sponsors of the five reason sports network. Many, many, many of our sponsors are local. We just added a couple today. We appreciate everybody jumping on board with us. One of them who's been on with us for a while is Mark Brown. You can find him at markbrownpa.com. That's M A R C. Brownpa.com. He's a real estate litigation and transaction attorney. This is a law firm that also has a full service attorney owned title company in house. So isn't that helpful? Commercial and residential. They do both $295 closing fee on all refinances and purchases when mentioning five reasons. That's right. That's it. $295 closing fee on all refinances and purchases when mentioning five reasons. They handle evictions for both sides, landlords or tenants, and they offer flat fee evictions. Practicing for nearly 15 years, you can email them at marc at marcbrownpa.com or call the office at 954-566-5678. Again, that's 954-566-5678. The website is markbrownpa.com. And now, today's episode. One, two, three, four, five. On the floor. Welcome to Five on the Floor. A daily show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick with Alex Toledo and Greg Sylvander, part of the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on five on the floor. Here's today's floor plan. Just me and Alex Toledo tonight. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. He was at the Heat game yesterday, the preseason opener. Of course, the Heat have another preseason game against the Raptors in Tampa, their temporary home on the 22nd, and then come back on the 25th to host the Pelicans on Christmas Day at noon. We're not going to get much into the roster tonight. We want to talk about the big decision. We have discussed this ad nauseum on the podcast, it feels like, for a year would Giannis Antetokounmpo sign the Supermax with Milwaukee? There was a bit of a delay there. There was a lot of botching of things done by the Milwaukee Bucks in the offseason, the Bogdanovich sign and trade that fell through. So it wasn't totally clear he was going to sign. It didn't even seem like his teammates were convinced. Jack McMullen did say a couple of weeks ago that he was going to. Today, he did. Now, we're not going to get into so much the where do the heat go from now on this pod. Um, don't shut it off. But we've done that on previous ones, and we will do it on future ones. And there's also a YouTube show, the debut of The Clutch Corner with our guy, Adam Barai. Uh, he's on there with Royal Shepherd and their special guest, uh, Austin, uh, Chef Trilly. You know him on Twitter. Um, they're going to get into all of that stuff. And so I would, I would recommend you go there. We'll do it on the pod later in the week. And another announcement, we're going to have Eric Reed on one episode, and we're going to have Tony Fiorentino on another. But 
Alex, just what I want to focus on very simply here in the first part of this podcast. In your view, did Giannis make the right $228 million decision? Yeah, probably. Probably. Because the thing is, I'm sure like every, every, all the reports that we've heard from Giannis over the past couple of years or so is that he wanted to stay there and kind of was probably looking for a reason to stay there. And I guess Drew Holiday was that reason. Uh, whether it was right as far as a basketball sense remains to be seen. At, at this point, we you know we talked about it in other episodes. I'm not sure about the Bucks. I don't think like I, they upgraded, I'm sure, but I'm still not sure that they're going to be able to actually get into the conference finals, get into the finals like they need to, which means that I don't know if Giannis is going is to stay there long term. Regardless, he got the biggest deal he, he could get. He wanted to stay in Milwaukee. You know, they made a move to try to make it make them look like they're a serious contender. And, you know, they still have to prove that. But I guess it's the right decision for him. Yeah. When you start to look at the other teams in the East, I know there is always every every other year there's. Oh, the East is getting better. The East is getting better. The East is getting better. And either the team in the West wins the title or the West is deeper. There was about a 20 year period where the eighth best team in the West was better than the eighth best team in the East, like from 1999 to 2019. Okay. Isn't that still so the case? we always talk about it. No, it, it, it's, it's flipped a couple of times. It flipped a couple of times. I think 2019 and 20, it might've flipped or 18. It's flipped a couple of times since. No, actually, it was just that one year. It, it was one year. I know it flipped. You, we sure. can look it up. But there I was just think, one I year. I just think now is like uh, the magic is like the perennial eighth seed. <laughs> Pretty much, although I don't think they will yeah, be right. this year. But it, it did flip a couple of years ago. I can't remember the exact year, but it was basically about two decades that it was that direction. Always talking about how the East is getting better, and then it never really materializes. But in this particular case, I, I'm not still like convinced with the depth of the East. I don't know where Cleveland is in their rebuild, where Charlotte is in their rebuild. I think Atlanta's made strides. The Knicks don't appear that they have. Detroit is very far away. So I, I still take sort of – I think the West is more competitive top to bottom. I don't think there's really any question. We saw no a Phoenix doubt. team who's not considered very good last year that went 8-0 and in the bubble. But the top of the East – if you're talking now about Milwaukee having Giannis secured, Brooklyn, regardless of whether they got Harden or not, at least starts with Durant, Kyrie, and some really nice pieces, including a re-signed Joe Harris. You've got Masai up there in Toronto, who, you know, I'm not sure the team's going to be quite as good, but he did the key thing, which is he kept Van Vliet, still got Siakam, still got Lowry. They obviously pump players into the system there, and they develop them. you got Philadelphia, which looks a little bit better matched than they were last year from a balanced perspective. And at least for now, they still have these two elite talents at the top. And then you've got Indiana, which really hasn't broken up. Uh, in fact, they're getting Sabonis back. They got Warren coming off the bubble and, and maybe Oladipo gets like healthier. a couple that stay together too long. Like they just know they're going to break up at some point. But they're still yeah. there. And so if that's the case and you look at all that, you look at maybe a little bit of a surging Atlanta team, at least from a roster perspective, we have to see how it looks. Is it fair to say now that the Heat's competition in the East is actually as difficult and is going to be as difficult in the coming years as the, as the Lakers' competition in the West? And to that end, does that force a move for Miami? Yes and no. I think I'm going to answer to, to the two questions. So I think it definitely makes it tougher. I, and I agree with you. I feel like we're always saying the East is getting better. The East is getting better. And, you know, a team or two always kind of disappoints or, you know, injuries happen. And those things are going to always happen. So maybe by the time that we get to the playoffs, it doesn't look as deep. Some of these teams haven't panned out, but at this point right now, yeah, there's no doubt about it. Like, I think we can, we can go back and forth about Boston, for example, since they lost Hayward, but they got Tristan Thompson, which they kind of had, like, I think a similar kind of a similar summer to what the heat did as far as free agency. Like they added a need, not necessarily uh, 
they didn't get better in talent, but they got better in need. And you can kind of probably say the same thing for Philly. Like, I think they downgraded in talent, but now their team makes a lot more sense. And so, yeah, I feel like all of these teams now probably have a slightly better shot at the Heat than they did last season with, with their newer teams. But even then, I'm not sure. Like, we actually, we actually have to see these teams play out. But as of right now, like, I could see it both ways. If I'm looking at it from inside the Heat, if I'm a player, if I'm a coach, I'm looking at all those matchups like, okay, they're going to have to actually prove to us that they're a better team than us. But at the same time, all of these teams are, are going to look to be really competitive and kind of on, on the same level as the Heat. So I think it's going to be, again, like kind of what I've been saying for the past few weeks, the Heat are going to have to really fight their way back into the finals. It's definitely no guarantee. Well, and again, looking forward a couple of years, because for Riley, it's not just about one year. It's about building something sustainable. It's about, you know, the links in the chain that got broken when LeBron left and trying to rebuild something that is that lasts beyond his time, even with the Heat that he can pass down to the rest of the front office and to Spolster and others. And to do that, you've got to stay ahead of the competition in the East. Now looking at the West again, long-term go beyond this year. To me, there are, there are a bunch of friends. I mean, Denver looks like they're in solid position for a long time. The Clippers, I mean, they gave up a lot of their future, but they have frontline talent, obviously Oklahoma city. If you're looking three, four years out, that could be a monster, but we don't know for right now, new Orleans could be a monster within a year. I mean, I, I, I was reading David Griffin, has turned that thing over so much that Zion is the longest tenured player on the Pelicans right now. What? Um, yes. He's completely flipped it's that like thing. Each one more or anybody hanging around from the old era. <laughs> not everybody else is gone. Okay. They obviously they brought in Ingram that they made that trade after Zion was drafted. So everybody else is gone. So you've got that way, team. Zion, just to add to your point, uh, the whole, the whole uh, narrative that was kind of bubbling throughout the bubble. Well, I didn't even mean, <laughs> I didn't even mean to do that. But uh, that narrative about Zion kind of being out of shape in the bubble, maybe that was true. That was not the case last night whatsoever. Zion, no. like I, I didn't get, I, I, obviously I didn't get so close. I was sitting in the 100 section as opposed to being right in front of him. But Zion is enormous. Like the dude is built. And I, I from what I could see, I, he didn't look any type of fat to me at all. So yeah, I think no, he's going to play like that. sooner than later. Well, he's going to play like that. And he's so you have a machine, by the way, like I felt so bad for Harkless and, 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 uh, and Casey Akpala last night. And any any average four is going to have such a hard time guarding Zion in the future. All right. So you've got that franchise, obviously, that's in good position. I mean, Utah is well run, but their upside is limited. Portland uh, still is a very competitive organization. We'll see what happens, obviously, with Houston. It looks like they're going to trend the other direction. But, like, th there are still competitive teams in the West. But I do think you can make the case for the East. And, and I think, again, it gets back to this. If, if you are... Uh, yeah, let's look at it from both perspectives. If you're Giannis, uh, you've basically made a decision to tie yourself to a team that has limited flexibility going forward, um, that has made some good decisions, but some bad decisions. You've got Drew Holiday, who has one more year, and then he can opt, okay? And you got to make a decision if you want to keep him. You've got Middleton under contract for now. Um, and obviously, you've moved Bledsoe. You've moved some of your other depth. You've got Brooke there, but Brooke is aging a little bit. Well, I think his game will age well, but it's still aging. So to that end, I, you know, I think when you look at all of it, uh, he's not guaranteed a championship. So let me throw this at you. You, you, and I don't want to start. We're not trying to sell Giannis Bam twenty-two t-shirts. T-shirts, okay. So if you want the twenty-one t-shirts, maybe we'll mark those down. But Giannis, we just looked it up. Giannis could be traded after the twenty-one twenty-two season. Mm -hmm. Um. So let's just say for now, now he's extended it to a two-year window, but obviously potentially much longer. Do you think, uh, just, you know, water gun to your head right now, does Giannis win a championship with the Milwaukee Bucks? 
So you're saying in the next two years, if I had to take my best guess, I'm going to probably say no. Like, I think if they would have gone along the same path that they were maybe a couple seasons ago, they were in the conference finals. And yeah, they got embarrassed after going up 2-0, but they were up 2-0 on the eventual champion Raptors. Like, it seemed like they were on the right path and to just lose in the second round in five games to the five seed. And I, I get it. The Heat were better than a five seed. You know, I'm, I'm high as uh, on, on Jimmy and Bam as, as anybody. But losing that way, like, it just completely took me out of any type of confidence in them. Like, I think they really have all the pressure on them to prove otherwise that they can adjust because I think the blueprint is out on them, whether it's the Heat or not. Teams are going to try to throw similar schemes out. And so that makes me think, no. Budenholzer has not showed me that he can be that type of coach yet. Well, that's the other thing, right? So, so to me, that's the next part of this, okay? The next part of this is that Budenholzer basically has a one year to prove it. And, and this feels like other situations where the star stays, but the next thing that happens is a year later, if it doesn't work, what gets sacrificed if you can't upgrade the talent, you sacrifice the coach. So there may be a coaching change there in a year if they don't win a title. I don't think he wins one of the next two years. I believe Giannis wins a championship eventually, but I don't think it's going to happen until he leaves. I just don't see it happening in Milwaukee with the pieces that they're going to be able to put around. I'll say this about Drew Holiday. I love Drew Holiday, but everybody better be right about him being the most underrated player in the league, right? He, he has to play like a top 20 player for them to win a championship. But he's not now, that guy. I think he's capable. And I think that's kind of what we're, what we're getting at. Is that he's not right. that guy. Well, we don't know I don't though. We, he's a top 40 but, guy. Like I think he's a very good player. No, uh, I think he's better than that. I, I, I think, I think if you're looking at two way, Alex, I, I think, I would say he's he's around that he's yeah. around that range. But what I, I think we're both agreeing on him not necessarily being what they need. It's just tough for me because like I, I think ideally, like if you're just looking at it from the Bucks perspective, you I know Chris Paul is the one we keep throwing out, but he's a perfect example because you need somebody who mm-hmm. can actually do things with the ball as far as you know having a pull up game and having counters. Like Drew Holiday has a little bit of everything, but I, I wouldn't say he's the right point guard for Giannis. Like I think it's different. You don't need a Chris Paul next to LeBron, for example. You don't mm-hmm. You don't even need a Chris Paul next to Kawhi, right? Like, I think Kawhi has a little bit more playmaking to his game than Giannis does. And not even necessarily the playmaking, just being able to score on different spots of the floor. So I think because Giannis doesn't have yeah. that, like, he needs somebody else who can kind of set him up sometimes so they're not all constantly running the same thing. Like, at, at the end of the day, who do you want the mm-hmm. ball in, in the hands First more? One. Giannis, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton. Like, I think, you know – they should have got somebody who you would rather have the ball in their hands than Giannis or somebody equally like, you know what I'm saying? I don't think Drew Holiday is even, but, but, who, but, but, but the only, the only guy, the only guy was Chris Paul. That was it. And they didn't I mean, go I, after him. I think that's I, well, I, again, that's, that's one way they botched the off season that I thought might lead to Giannis leaving, but he didn't, he's decided to put their trust in them, but I don't think that trust A extends until the team. end of time. Sorry to I don't think it. I don't had Giannis and Chris Paul, like in a small market franchise like that. And that would have been an immediate contender and to, to not even look at that or at least like seriously consider it and, and try to make it happen with OKC to me, that's just insane. Like, I, I, I can't I, I don't know that, that. they ha- I don't know that they had I don't know that they had the ammunition to go get them, though. I'm not really sure. I mean, well, I, you know, I get traded for. Uh, what did he get traded for? He got well, he got Rico traded to Phoenix. And, and Kelly Oubre and like a yeah. pick. Like, I think they could have matched something similar to that. Well, you know? but but where where were Milwaukee's picks going to be too? I mean, I, look, I, I I'm not saying they shouldn't have done it. I said at the time they should have. That was really the only guy I think that could have made that much of a difference. I think with Drew, the jury is out. I think Drew has the potential to move more into that 20 to 25 space as a player. I, we've seen it. He look, he dominated Dame Lillard in a playoff series. I, I think it's in there. But he hasn't really been asked to carry a team offensively that way all that often. Defensively, I don't think his skill set's going to slip. But when I look at them on paper, 
and I look at Brooklyn on, let's take the heat out of this. I look at them on paper. I look at Brooklyn on paper. Now, a lot of things got to come together there. I look at Boston's potential with, with Tatum and Brown, some of the other pieces. I'm not totally clear on the fact that, you know, that, that they're bet much better than those teams. Now, maybe I'll be proven wrong. They were so much better than everybody else last year that I think we're forgetting that. Like until they got to the bubble, they were so much better. There's a big gap to, to, to close in the regular season. But in the postseason, if you're telling me, and again, take the heat out of it, but let's say it's an Eastern Conference semi-series, okay? And you're telling me you got Durant and Kyrie cooking on one team uh, with Joe Harris in the wing and whatever guards are left there. And then, you know, and Milwaukee's bigs are not that much of a problem. And, and you've got Giannis with Middleton and Drew. I might take the team with Durant, okay, there. So I, 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 don't, I don't think they're that far ahead of everybody else. And I think in a way he has settled, I understand why he settled. I'm never going to blame a guy for taking the most money or being loyal to a franchise. So I'm not blaming him for the decision, but obviously Boonholder's on the clock and Drew Holiday's on the clock. Is he an elite, you know, is he a top 25 player? I think we're going to find that out. I, I don't even think, just to, just to end this, I really don't even think they need Drew Holiday to be that guy to make it to the finals. Like, I think the guy that he is right now might be enough. I think to me, it's really got more to do with their scheme. Like, I just think there's no creativity to it. I think you need to have that variety in the playoffs. And, like, they really should have enough. Like, I, you look at Giannis, he's an automatic top five player and, you know, MVP candidate, maybe the most dominant player in the league, maybe not because, you know, it gets stifled in the playoffs. Regardless, he's up there. You talk about Middleton and Drew Holiday. Those guys are easily top 40 players, more or less. Middleton, 100%. Drew Holiday is right around there. Like, I, I think, and then you add, like, they have okay pieces around it. Like, there's no more excuses. That's, that team on paper should be a finals team. Now, we know the context, and we see what happens in the playoffs, and that's why I think we're both doubting that they get there, but they should be. I think they have enough talent to get there right now. They could probably pull off one more trade or something like that, but, you know, uh, uh, when somebody gets bought out before before the season ends, but they have enough talent right now, I believe it, and and that's why I think there's no more excuses. All right, well, we'll get to the next part of this um, afterwards uh, after this break. Uh, Want to tell you about another great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. That's our friend Doctor Jonathan Chung of Keystone Chiropractic. You know, unless you're a manual labor or a high level athlete, you're more likely to have back pain because you're not lifting enough weights instead of lifting too much weight. Many back injuries occur because of deconditioning or chronic sitting. One of the most effective ways to help heal and prevent back pain is by increasing core and back strength by lifting weights. If you want guidance on a weightlifting or core strengthening program, we can put together a plan for you through a free consultation and a telehealth visit. Get more health tips like this and more by following at Keystone Neuro, that's K-E-Y-S-T-O-N-E-N-E-U-R-O, or at Dr. Jonathan Chung on Twitter and Instagram. And the website is chiropractickeystone.com. All right. Um, let's get to the next part of this uh, that, that I wanted to touch on. We talk about some of the better teams that are in the Eastern Conference. It looks like there's five or six uh, competitive teams. What do you think happens, again, as we talk about Giannis, if in a year there's no title? Do you think... He forces his way out at that point. I mean, again, he can't until 22, right? So it would have to be two years without a title. But if, if he goes those two years without a title, do you think he forces his way out? Probably. And maybe not force. I guess maybe I'd use a softer adjective. Just, I mean, maybe Giannis sours on them from, from here to now. He's not so nice about it. You know, who knows? I think at this point, it seems like he would probably try to do it quietly. And 
uh, yeah, I think it's a natural two-year window right now. Like, I think he probably can't do, do anything about it next year. I mean, who knows, man? They, they could have something worked out that we don't know about, right? Like, they, it, it, they could naturally have a, some type of agreement worked out. Like, oh, if we, don't, if we don't get to the finals in the next two years or we don't, we don't win a title in the next two years, you know, we'll trade you whoever you want. We'll make it work. They, they probably they might have something like that worked out, but I think it really is like a two-year window now for him. Yeah, and, and in those two years, um, he's going to get past the age that LeBron was when he won the title with Heat, and, and this was, again, one of the reasons why I thought he, he might decide to jump because it was similar timing to LeBron. I mean, the other part of this is LeBron's on the other side of the bracket, and until he slows down completely, you know, this is one of the things that got, that got brought up on, and I can't remember who put this on Twitter, but I, I sort of agreed with this notion a little bit. To a certain degree, we are still living in the LeBron era. You know, I know Curry's coming back. Durant is coming yeah. back. Those are two of the better players of this era. Giannis has obviously emerged. Kawhi has made his case. And then that other guy, James Harden, but he doesn't get to the finals, you know, unless he's carried by... I'm not not yet. But unless he's carried by Durant and Westbrook. But, or the Heat. Or the Heat. Well, no, stop. <laughs> How did you get me to say that? Sorry, God. <laughs> You're going to clip that. Oh, my God. All right. All right. But... You've got all these parts, but it's still the LeBron era. Like this thing still goes through LeBron James. And one of the reasons that uh, one of the cases was made for maybe the heat to sit tight is because as long as you're still in the LeBron era, you're still sort of building a little bit for the future beyond his decline. Do, do you agree with that at all? Or are we looking more at kind of the Eastern, you know, again, deal with the East first. You've got a bunch of East teams emerging. You just got to at least get back to where you were last year. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, if you're talking about it, especially from a Bucks perspective, they, I mean, they got to worry about the Heat first. <laughs> they had no answer. Like they really, they really won that one game when Chris Middleton went crazy. And I know Chris Middleton's a great player. He's gonna have those games every now and then, but like they really did not show much of an answer for what the Heat did to him at all. And like I said, that blueprint's gonna be out on them now. Drew Holiday's a nice counter instead of Eric Bledsoe, who you know you can't count on in the playoffs. So you know it's gonna help them, but. To me, and I know we've made the jokes, and, and they're still kind of relevant as far as comparing the Bucks to the Cavs and calling Chris Middleton, Mo Williams, and Drew Holiday, Anton Jameson. The jokes are great, but those guys are better. I, I, I really believe that, that Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton at this stage of the career are a lot better, and especially as two-way players, than what Jameson and Mo Williams brought to the Cavs at that time. And obviously, LeBron is a lot more, you know, more dynamic of a player than Giannis because, you know, he's a creator, but... There's no more excuses for the Bucs. They got to worry about the East and getting out of the East first. And to me, like, the Lakers matchup is honestly a little bit more favorable for them than some of these in the East that can kind of play them in different ways, whereas the Lakers mm -hmm. are kind of almost always playing big. Yeah, you can make an argument that the Laker matchup is more favorable for them than the Heat matchup is. I, I think we kind of saw that argument play out. And then you see the difference between LeBron in the in the finals and you know Giannis in the playoffs. It's well, just... that's that's the thing. And like you said, there's no more excuses. And, and we'll end here. There's no more excuses for the Bucks. But honestly, at this stage, there's really no more excuses for Giannis. He had a chance to make a different decision. And he didn't. Yep. Once you decide to go back, the excuses go away. Like Kevin Garnett kept making decisions to go back to Minnesota, back to Minnesota, back to Minnesota. And look, they got close once. They had that Sprewell Cassell team, which won like 60 something games. They got to the Western Conference Finals. We couldn't get past it. The Spree thing fell apart. And then it was finally like Garnett had to be convinced to leave in his early 30s to go to Boston. Probably a better comparison than the And win a championship. I, I think it could be something along those lines. And it may just not happen in Milwaukee. Minnesota, Milwaukee are very, very similar markets. And I think Minnesota had put together a really competitive, strong team around Kevin Garnett with a lot of good players. 
And especially with Sprewell and Cassell, that was a strong team, but they weren't good enough to win a championship. And, you know, and, and Garnett had to go somewhere else to pair with two other, you know, stars, whatever we think of Paul Pierce and what we certainly do think of Ray Allen uh, at, to, to win one. And so, and now they act like they won 20, but think about it from Kevin Garnett's perspective. And, and when you talk about Giannis and legacy and legacy does matter to these guys, it matters to LeBron more than most, but it matters to all of them. If you, if you think about it here, if Kevin Garnett never makes that move to Boston, Okay, to win that 2008 title, which they act like it's 10 titles to the point that Kendrick Perkins somehow has clout, right? Like, how do we look at Garnett's career? Like, uh, totally differently, right? So I think at some point, Giannis may need to make the Garnett move, but obviously it's not going to happen in the next two years. Yeah, yeah, I think you're probably right on that. That's a good way to end at the end of the day. All right, check out our sponsors uh, Keystone Neuro um, uh, on Twitter. That's our friend, Dr. Jonathan Chung. He can do those telemedicine visits too. So if you got a bad back, just check him out. He's like the nicest, nicest night guy in the world. Okay. So make sure you check that out. Also other sponsors not mentioned on this episode, Biscayne Bay Brewing, Safe Cubbies signed a big new one today. We will be telling you about it. Of course, if you're going to go to prize picks, use the code five. And if you need a deal, okay. And expertise when it comes to real estate uh, and uh, transactions, Mention five reasons at markbrownpa.com and you'll get that closing fee at 295 bucks. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five regional sports network.